Hi, and welcome to episode 2.6 of the Borcelli Brothers podcast. I'm Mike Borcelli. And I'm Sean Borcelli. And this is the season finale of season two of the Borcelli Brothers podcast. Uh, it's been a hell of a go this season. Sure has. Uh, so many things happened to us. A lot of things happened to us. I broke my fingers. You did? Uh-huh. Uh, we got voted best podcast. We did. In Edmonton. In the whole city. By View Weekly. For magazine. this year. <laughs> Readers. At View Weekly. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so that was big. Like things have kind of exploded since then. Sure have. I would say we uh, hit a, a career high. <laughs> How would you define a career high for us? Um, we gained almost a hundred listeners. That's that's actually true. Yeah, one hundred. So we're at a technically a career high, and you know, as uh, Neil Young always says better to burn out than fade away so uh this is gonna be our last episode <laughs> it's been fun though it was a good experiment i'm glad we did it yeah me too so yeah series finale <laughs> wait <laughs> you guys renewed my contract you had no contract show me the contract it was on the napkin yeah i saw you blowing your <clears throat> nose you actually <laughs> co-signed a loan for me <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha. Oh, oh yeah, thanks. What's uh, what's our marching order? You think, Sean? Uh, I don't want to go first. So, I could go first, and then Clarice, and then you, or I could go first, and then you, and then Clarice, or I could go first, and then Clarice, and then you. <laughs> <laughs> I can go first, but that's weird because I'm the guest. But yeah, it seems it seems out of place. Hey, you go first. Sure, you're that's ready, fine. right? Uh, I'm ready to get it over with. <laughs> I might be too. I, I, it always makes me nervous. It's like it's our own show. We're accountable to ourselves. Yeah, and it's and for fun, you I'm guys. I'm still so nervous. <laughs> always. It's going to be great. It's just he really he, he really <laughs> comes at me when I'm not prepared. Like, who, who's going to judge you? Mr. Steam Whistle? No, I'll come after him. It's him. Me. He, he'll do it. Oh. And sometimes Mitt's his portrait. <laughs> That's my favorite. Well... I guess I should have organized all these tabs. It's fine. Yeah, you're starting. <laughs> I know. Let us know when you're ready. Maybe we'll uh, do an intro. Oh, I'm, I, I can I can I can dive in any time. <laughs> hey, Mike, we're recording. Now. Figure out which one of these I can. Ooh. Uh, 
Uh, well, we can we can start whenever you want. Um, if you want to, if you want to lead into uh, introducing our 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 guest. You have to stop talking. I can stop stop talking <laughs> anytime. You know, pretty much whenever. You gotta <laughs> shut up, can, shutting it up. Yeah, I can do that. I can, I'm pretty good at that, I think, and um, I will absolutely stop talking. <clears throat> Ready to go. How do we usually start these? Well, <laughs> <laughs> so we usually start them by uh, we don't we don't say hi. No, no, because we do that on hi. the oh, we do that on the That's front front end. We do th- we intro, record intro. that we record that next week. Okay. Uh, so this oh. one we just say we're here with. Oh yeah. So we're here with Clarice Eckford. That's still your name, isn't it? As far as I know, yes, it's still my name. We never did receive your CV to actually get... <laughs> we don't have a short bio, You don't so. have my headshot in the CV, I'm sorry. <laughs> Couldn't find your Wikipedia. I apologize. I do have an IMDB page. Yes, you oh, do. that's cool. Yeah. So Clarice is an actor and a writer-director, producer, thespian, <laughs> theater person, <laughs> slash... Has done improv, yeah. Person, I've done a bunch of stuff. I've, I, you know what? To be honest, not producing. Yeah, no, that's no. I have produced. Uh, and I have. I read I, your IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, um, yes, I have produced, and I've um, directed poorly, <laughs> and I've acted and written. How about that? And have you taught? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Co- I've done a bunch coached. of stuff. I've coached. I've mentored. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I've improved as well, mm-hmm. so you know, some stuff. So huh. we have you on this show because we are doing another myths and legends episode. I'm excited. It's been a while it's since been we've long. done one of these. Um, I know at least one of our listeners at home says they like the myths, myths and legends ones the best. Oh, so we decided that we were going to lower the bar on this one. So see pr- if they can like our other episodes. <laughs> the same so is that that person is definitely listening right now well not in a couple weeks when this actually comes out this isn't live oh no I we're figured. not live recording oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. but i am live streaming it Ooh. <laughs> so yeah they will probably listen they're they're one of the actual the people who actually subscribe and listen to regularly nice mm-hmm. uh if you're listening at home nick love you He'll, he'll get that. He'll get that. <laughs> Not our Nick. So we're doing uh, Myths and Legends. Uh, in this case, we're at, what are we talking about today? We're doing uh, mythological places. Yeah. Um, but specifically, we were looking, we were, you know, inspired by the idea of Atlantis and one of those lost civilizations or cities or places that seems to be written about in such a way that there have to have to be some kind of factual roots to something hopefully maybe not could be someone's fireside story that just really got popular but we're trying to look for a bit of the truth and uh you know just to talk about things that aren't atlantis yeah definitely not it's been done to death yeah atlantis people know that one yes that 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 island has sunk (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it has that was a good one (laughs) I thought of that yesterday. <laughs> so, Mike, yeah, you we we basically kind of grouped some of these off, and uh, we each picked <clears throat> what we want to talk about. Yeah. 
And I was, Mike, you are first. So what had you <laughs> decided to look into and tell us about today? So I decided to fall down the rabbit hole of Arthurian legend, King Arthur, and 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 the places that you, that he you know he really liked to <clears throat> frequent, you know, like Camelot mm-hmm. or uh, Avalon. So that would be like Sir Gawain and the Green Knight in that kind of world, mm-hmm. yes? yes? Knights of the Round Table and the Holy Grail. and Absolutely. Okay, well, I'm going to let you talk about that. Cause it, well, we all know the, the, the main legend, and, you know, mostly made famous by, like, um, uh, most. I think most people's modern interpretation of it is from uh, the Once and Future King and variations of things after that. So, like, the Disney movie, Sword in the Stone, everybody who grew up with those kind of things, they know the basic story. Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. Monty Python. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, we know, we know the basic story of a, of a medieval king. Who, Can you tell us why you chose this? I, I love, I, well, I was an Indiana Jones fan for a long time. And, no, I just, I've always been fascinated with the King Arthur stuff. And uh, I, I really wanted to talk about it. I wanted to learn more about it. And this so is the best way to do that. When you uh, when you decided on that subject, I sent you um, a series of texts saying you can't just rewatch Indiana Jones. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like you need to actually do some research because I said that is largely false. Yeah, I like know. There, I don't, there's like one percent of fact. Oh, I didn't know. Really? Oh, it's really bad. Oh. Yeah, it's yeah. terrible. <laughs> so what I did was I watched uh, King Arthur: Legend of the Sword. You know the new Guy Ritchie movie. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So that you now I know. Mm. That was on my second text I sent you. I said also don't just watch <laughs> that one Ritchie with movie. Charlie Hunnam or whatever his name is. In it. <laughs> yeah, Charlie Hunnam. Hunnam? Yeah, that Hunnam? movie. That movie is terrible. The guy from Son- Sons of the Anarchy. That's Let's right. just be real. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's yeah. actually British? Is he? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yep. Um, he acts better in his proper accent can i can i a little a little sidebar about that mm-hmm. i just found out uh because of a, a teaser for stranger things 2 that the character um and i don't, i've blanked on his name but the son the older son of winona Ryder's character oh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah is british oh no way yeah. huh man they just can't get enough actors in america <laughs> to fill out a cast hey it's and actually the uh seven is british too eleven or eleven. <laughs> now I'm hungry. It's like seven. seven. I want like a Red Bull and some chicken. Uh, okay, go on. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's. Anyways, I wanted to talk about it because I mean, yeah, we all know the main story, mm-hmm. uh, and the classic story basically goes: um, Uther Pendragon had a son out of wedlock, uh, and he had his buddy Merlin, the wizard Merlin, hide the child. Uh, and this child went uh, uh, to some guardian, uh, and Merlin obviously knew he was the rightful heir to the throne. So after Uther Pendragon died, they had this whole they had this whole um, tournament. Uh, and you've seen you've seen the Sword in the Stone. It's exactly that story, you know. Uh, uh, he pulls the Sword in the Stone for his is he squiring for a for a, his guardian. And uh, he doesn't know that it's a special sword. He just pulled it out of a stone, and everyone's like, "Oh shit, you're king, you little idiot!" And and now he's now he's the king of uh, England. Yeah. So that's the whole story. Uh, so that's Arthur. That so that's said? that's it. That's all of it. No. Uh, and then uh, you know, idiot back then. <laughs> idiot. <laughs> Thou idiot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he. Yeah. Obviously, you know his knights of the round table. Uh, you know his uh, his love Guinevere. His 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 wife, um, uh, the story basically. You know his 
loves love. Yeah, Lancelot. Lancelot. <laughs> uh, so, so for those of you who don't know, obviously Lancelot and Guinevere were kind of in love, but Guinevere was betrothed to Arthur, Ooh. who. Mm-hmm. Who? Yeah, it was so, forbidden love. Yeah, oh, so they got married, the and then and not long after they got married, Lancelot and Guinevere started hooking up, and uh, and and Arthur was so mad about that. Uh, well, Lancelot ran. He 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 fled uh, Camelot, and uh, when Arthur chased after him, uh, his nephew. Uh, and I mean, details are different about this. Uh, whether it's his nephew or his son, or it, he has a different name depending on what you read. Uh, Mordred could have been older or younger. Yeah, yeah, it does get a little gray. Yeah, absolutely, there's there, <clears throat> there, Arthur. The Arthurian legend is completely spotty. Like nobody <laughs> has a has has it pinned down to one thing. But the the traditional story is Mordred uh, usurped his kingdom when he went away to chase Lancelot, and so he came back and tried to f- and and while he was away, Mordred married Guinevere. <laughs> Oh, he was a shit. Yeah, he was a shit. Yeah. Uh, And so, uh, yeah, so Arthur Arthur didn't have a great life. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, I think Guinevere didn't have a great life. Well, yeah, absolutely. Well, if there's one real, person, actually. she's now like, yeah. being with she's with the second partner who she doesn't love. Yeah, at all. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, uh, jury out on that. Depending what you read. Um, oh, I read about that one. Yeah, stories. There's there's two separate versions of that story. One wherein she was she was actually in love with Mordred more than more than Arthur. She just really never loved Arthur. I think is the point. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and so. Um, he came back, and they had uh, what was known as the Battle of Camlan, when he really like faced off against Mordred and Mordred's Mordred's men, uh, and it's where they both died, both of them. Arthur plunged his spear into Mordred, and uh, Mordred uh, died, and then Arthur was wounded in the same battle. And he, well, he didn't so much like he had fatal wounds, and it's where the next. Uh, mythical place comes into play. So you know Camelot, mythical place. A lot of people think that that the real place is a, a, a settlement called Carleon uh, or Carleon, Sierra Leone. Don't know. Sierra Leone. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, but it's it's uh, it's in it's in Wales. Uh, it's a place in Wales, uh, and it's it's originally where Camelot was. Uh, it's originally where if you read any sort of Arthurian like texts like anybody writing about it in the 11th or 12th century which is when Arthur legends became really popular that's where they said it was it wasn't until the 13th century that somebody invented the term Camelot it came in a French poem Hmm. and that's when the that's when it started being referred to as Camelot and it gained a lot more oh it was in a French poem yeah a little French poem so it says Camelot Camelot (laughs) Camelot (laughs) the scottish poem well a lot of a lot of the arthurian tales actually did occur in france yeah as well there's a few places and so at the end at the end of this battle of camlan arthur is said to have been escorted by uh and it depends what you read again uh several um ethereal ladies uh, to the land, arthurial, arthurial, <laughs> or ethereal, ethereal. Uh, oh, you'll be arthurial when I'm done with you, ladies. Right? That's how they. That's how they. Yeah, I think that then. was the pickup line back then. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. Yep. Ethereal maidens. <laughs> I think the term was "I've been ethereal." <laughs> anyway. 
<laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> then they whisked him away to Avalon, which is um, uh, where he he basically the whole the whole thing with with Arthur is that he is he's essentially almost a Christ figure. He's always supposed to come again. He was supposed to come back and save his people and the Celts from the Anglo-Saxons. So he was whisked off to Avalon to heal his wounds, and Avalon was this mythical place that was. It's essentially a Garden of Eden. It means the Island of Apples, is essentially it, or the Isle of Fruit, fruit trees, the Island of Apple Trees. And it's, yeah, it's basically paradise. Uh, And he was supposed to go there and heal his wounds and eventually come again to rescue everyone and make sure everything was all okay. Because he'd already uh, fought off the Anglo-Saxons once. And of course, after he left Avalon, they took over. So, <laughs> so the reality of things were a little different. Yeah, it was just yeah. a, it was like a story of hope, and and so the original story of Arthur. If you if you want to actually decide that he's a historical figure, you could look at around 410. Uh, it's quite likely that uh, he may have been a successful warlord in a confused and violent period following the withdrawal of the Roman legions from Britain around 410 A.D. Uh, and that's that's kind of like the idea of him like kind of a barbarian king you know not not the not the man with the crown and that we think of not this medieval king it's very very old school uh warrior king probably in furs and and living in a hut well (laughs) i mean the the funny thing is like if you look at you know jesus or like the iconic the vision of jesus um as like the white guy with the you know this is something that we all we all know Mm -hmm. jesus wasn't white he was he was certainly not like this pristine guy in like white robes that like wandered (laughs) around he was uh, a man of the people so uh, that's interesting to think of king arthur in our view as this like British king on a horse, you know, and um, with a, a big sword, and oh, that's all very interesting. But like, but yeah. really, he was probably really gross and greasy, and yeah. had furs on, and was uh, not very couth, and um, and not all that terribly like regal, actually. Yeah, and uh, and one of the one of the another one of the uh, uh, possible origins for the Arthur legend it comes from a, a Romano-British military leader. Uh, so a lot of it, no matter what they think, the story dates back to the mid like 400 to 500 uh, AD because there was a uh, this leader was active in like 470, you know, and so they think he's kind he might be another version, but nobody nobody's ever even determined that the guy is real if he's based off anything real at all because what happened is that story was like uh, it, was, it was folklore for a long time, but it was never. Uh, popularized until the 12th century when it became huge like it was a big part of the um, uh, uh, Christian belief system is when the Arthurian le- because legend got brought the in. crusades were going on yeah and it was almost a propaganda tool right yeah absolutely yeah. building and, up the story and that's the only excited that's the only reason it was allowed because traditionally the Christian church wasn't very psyched on a bunch of Celtic folklore coming into their religion that's why it, you see it mirroring it a lot uh, it mir- mirrors the Christ story a lot with the, the you know the grail and the cup of Christ and and the whole uh, he'll come again kind of deal you know it's a little bit on well, the fruit trees too yeah well the, it's basically the Garden of Eden Avalon mm. Avalon is also um, uh, if you say Garden of Eden really fast and mumble it Garden of Eden, 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 Garden of Eden,
um, anyway, okay, I'm gonna. Can you edit that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, no, just kidding. Oh yeah, like that part. <laughs> no, he's like I'm mama. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> anyways, um, Avalon, so, Avalon's kind of a Welsh uh, um, construct place. Like, so where do you think it was? Well, I'll, I'll get to that. Uh, it's it's also often known as uh, Anwen is another name for it, which is really weird. It's spelled very strange. It's A N N W N, but it looks like it's pronounced Anwen if uh, if I if I'm reading or An. You know what? I'm saying it wrong. Just look it up. <laughs> there's no there's no proper pronunciation on here. It's Welsh. Yeah, so it, it's tough, uh, and uh, it's basically yeah. It's it's just a, a an old an old Celtic. Uh, Welsh place, otherworld, paradise that was then kind of adapted as Avalon for the Arthurian legend again in the 12th century. That was when it was re- re-changed. That mostly comes from a clergyman at the time named Gerald of Wales who did a lot of writing about about the Arthur legends. He was the one who really popularized it off the bat. Uh, so uh, around 1190, Avalon became associated with Glastonbury. Uh, so most people think that, that that's actually where Arthur is 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 buried. Uh, it was when monks at Glastonbury Abbey claimed to have discovered the bones of Arthur and Guinevere. Uh, they were actually buried together in the end. Uh, well, yeah, apparently. Yeah, I guess they would be because they're. It's, it's I mean, still. Would she die at the same time? Well. Well, no, but I mean, no. it's they were. Or was that like? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they were. Hey, come with me, babe. Maybe Notch. they did die at the same time. Who Bru- knows? Brutal, Who knows? brutal no, no. time. Because <laughs> it I was do a know. brutal time. Yeah. I mean, it, like people didn't really. They probably either died of like what consumption or some sort of strange disease, or like got a, a paper, pa- cut. paper cut and yeah. died of yeah. Yeah. She died of a broken heart. Oh. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, basically, basically, uh, Gerald of Wales makes the first connection. Uh, he says, uh, or, or, and this comes from a website um, called uh, Britannia.com. Uh, it's a little quote from that website. It says, "What is known of Glas- as what what is now known as Glastonbury in ancient times called the Isle of Avalon. Uh, it is virtually an island, for it is completely surrounded by marshlands. So it is kind of an island. In Welsh, it's called Inis Afalac." Who knows how that's said? I think it's pronounced Aflac. Aflac. <laughs> it's Klingon, actually. <laughs> yeah, which means island of apples, and this fruit once grew in great abundance in that area. So, after the Battle of Camlan, a noble woman called Morgan, later the ruler and patroness of the patroness of these parts, as well as being a close blood relation of King Arthur, and also that varies depending on what you read. It could be sometimes, Morgana. sometimes it's sis, it's his sister. Sometimes she's just sisters with nine other people who rule Avalon. Um, they there, carried him. There also could be two people. It could be Morgan or Morgana. Well, they're the, technically yeah. that they're the same person. Technically, the narrative really evolved. Uh, but by the time by the time people were saying that her bones were their bones were in this abbey, uh, he was his uh, she was his sister. Uh, yeah, so she carried him off. I to, think you're missing the scandalous part, though. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's what really happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was his sister, yeah. half sister, technically. Right. So um, no blood. Uh, well, well, half a little, blood. A little bit of blood. Yeah, lots of blood. <laughs> uh, Mordred, Arthur's nephew, yeah. who eventually takes over, mm-hmm. was actually her son. 
from Arth- oh. Arthur and Morgan, you know, doing it. Which is why you get, that's, which is why you get the old yeah. the question of whether he's his nephew or his son. Yeah, but potentially she was also a sorceress. Yeah. I like patroness, actually. I really like that term. I've never heard of it before. Mm-hmm. 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 Yes, yeah, sorceress and patroness. Like, she could be both. Um, Not mutually exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> but the, but incest happened all the time back then. I mean, let's just be real. I mean, that was, yeah, but yeah, this yeah, is a story yeah. that's like, being yeah. retold also oh, yeah. um, by the church. Yeah. So, so fair. So that was not okay. It may have been the why Mordred was such a dark force. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So Morgan, Morgan carried him off the island, now known as Glastonbury, sorry. so that his wounds could. <laughs> Jesus. Why would you say so the that, sorry part? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what disrupts the audio. That was, like, chair was fine. <laughs> Yeah. That was awesome. Staying in the final product, <laughs> not editing out. <laughs> All right. So now known as Glastonbury, so his wounds could be cared for. Years ago, the, uh, the district had also been called Enos Gutrin in Welsh. Uh, so this is where like East comes from as well too. Like I think there's there's I think there's a tie in here. But that is the island of Glass, and from these words, the invading Saxons later to- coined the place name Glastonbury. Uh, wow. So that that's that's how that got its name. Sadly, uh, after he left, and then they took over. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. It's a it's it's a it's a crazy, um, it's a it's a crazy tale. <laughs> there's uh, just I just want to. There's a little sociological tie in here. So um, there is a Glastonbury. Music Can, festival. <laughs> well, there's a Glastonbury <laughs> music festival, but then there's also a Glastonbury neighborhood in Edmonton, and I'm sure there's all sorts of other Glastonbury things. And mm-hmm. I always find it interesting when these pieces of mythology that start with some like bearded, gross, like fur-ridden um, guy named Arthur <laughs> ends up becoming Glastonbury, which then becomes a, a neighborhood in Edmonton, a music festival. It's just this weird like. Just how we how we rebrand uh, things that they either have way too much meaning, like the story of Arthur and Guinevere, mm-hmm. or zero meaning, like a neighborhood in yeah. Edmonton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. So, well, we're right now our studio is in the neighborhood of Inglewood, right, in Edmonton, which has no relation to the Inglewood in Calgary, right. Or uh, there's probably a hundred other Inglewoods. Other Inglewoods. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's just yeah, like yeah. Oh, they go through their their dictionary of uh, subdivision names. It's like mm, I haven't used Inglewood oh, yet. Inglewood, yeah, that'll be good. <laughs> yeah, totally. It was just after G for Glastonbury, and then they go on to Inglewood. Uh, they didn't quite get to Strathcona yet, yeah. so yeah. Yeah. Um, fun fact: uh, the another name for the Holy Grail is is the 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 Sand Grail. Which is, uh, you know, it's where you get sangria from. So blood. Uh, cup of blood. <laughs> yeah, cup, cup of, of blood. Cup of blood. That's where sangria comes from, like mm. the, you know, your bloody orange juice. So blood grail. Fun fact. It's, it's <laughs> I just, it's also, <laughs> it's also false. I Fun just, fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's also something I made up. So not true, but sangria is real, uh, but it's not sangria. Oh. No, but sangria also means like chalice of blood. Mm. Which is, I mean, wine is is That's the blood of Christ. Blood of Christ. Blood of so, Christ. And we're drinking wine right now. <laughs> yeah, we are. Cheers. 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 That sounds great. Yeah, t- Let's do that again. This episode, uh, we we went a little little different for uh, the mood. Uh, normally, we have our like, you know, hip hopity, chipper, exciting steam whistle mood. 
today we want to tone it down a bit. Yeah, we're talking about serious. We're we're being classy historians. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we knew we'd be pronouncing a lot of words we couldn't pronounce. (laughs) So we thought (laughs) pronouncing a lot of things wrong. Well, we swirled these goblets. Yeah, some rosy cheeks always helps. (laughs) I need a pipe and a or a cigar. I'm going to be talking about the Nigambiel Kimbalong here next. So (laughs) (laughs) the the what now? The what now? Hello, Uh, Nigambiel Kimbalong. So the one last, the one last, uh, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of different places in Arthurian legend, but the one last place is, uh, Lioness is the last place in Arthurian legend I want to talk about or touch on, cause I, I don't want to talk about too much. Um, so we've talked about Camelot, we've talked about Avalon, Lioness, uh, it's a country in Arthurian legend. It's said to be, um, uh, uh, off Cornwall's coast and it is also supposedly the site of the Battle of Camelon, that that final battle, and it's also a place where a famous uh, Arthurian legend about uh, Tristan and Isolt mm-hmm. uh, came oh, to be. Oh yeah, isn't that a clothing store? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I think were... so. I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> yeah, heading on down to Tristan and Isolt. <laughs> It's got, is it a place? And is then it? I'm going to go back to Glastonbury where I live. Um, <laughs> yeah. Listen to some tunes at the festival. <laughs> I have no idea why any of this ex- these names exist. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, so it's, a, it's another tale made popular in the 12th century through Anglo-Norman literature. It's inspired by a Celtic legend. So Same deal, same deal. So Le- Leoness, it's, it's bit, yeah, if, if I might interject. Well, I was going to talk about Tristan and Isild, but yeah, that's fine. Go for it. If we're talking about the locations, <laughs> sure. <clears throat> Leoness. So they, it it is supposedly off of uh, Cornwall, but it's apparently actually possibly below the ocean level. Yeah, it's right another now. sunken. So talking, you know, rewind two thousand years or fifteen hundred years, whatever it is, uh, sea level is a little bit lower, so they think, hmm. uh, and so there's actually a lot more landmass exposed. And this is actually one of the earliest places that in the British Isles that the Romans were actually writing about back in Rome uh. Uh, as a place where they were setting up a big uh, colony and uh, mining for tin and stuff. And this w- this goes back to like this would have a major source for like Bronze Age weapons of the area. So it's kind of so there was they know that it was it was a place like it was probably a pretty bustling hub at some point but now it's gone, Cornwall's still there, but yeah. this city's gone. Yes. Well, Wales is kind of fascinating because Wales is one of those places on my bucket list to be perfectly frank because it's first of all where um, the TV show The Prisoner was uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> was filmed. So I want to go to that town where everything looks like it's from a, a weird like circus. Yeah. Um, but honestly, Wales is this. I mean, it it's um, ancient in its own right, um, just like anything in that you know northern sort of British Isles area, and it has some pretty incredible history too. And it's a bit slightly odd like it's sort of removed from it's sort of like newfoundland like (laughs) slightly removed from reality you know like where you go oh gee i wish i could just live in newfoundland because it feels like it's um 
it feel it feels like it's removed from you know the norm or whatever so wales is kind of like this beautiful mystical gorgeous place and anyone from wales is probably like go to hell we're <laughs> we're very much rooted in reality but they have a lot of ancient stuff going on there so yeah so Tristan and Isil. <laughs> no, tell I want, me more I, about these. I want to make this people. point. I want to make this point because it's really interesting. So um, the sto- basically, and I'm, I, this is a real glance over the main the story, uh, is that essentially he Tristan was the nephew of King Mark of Cornwall, uh, and he was sent to fetch Isil back from Ireland to wed the king, and then they accidentally consume a love potion while en route and fall helplessly in love. And and uh, they go undergo undergo a bunch of trials to test their secret affair. So, Arthurian legend is like all about all about like uh, stealing wives and romance, romance, and then forbidden love. That's what it's all about. It's crazy. So it's like, is love potions mean like? Like wine, like I don't know. Like uh, what are love? Probably like. <laughs> well, no, it was a love potion. It was, I swear. It was witchcraft. I swear <laughs> to God. Oh my God, my pants are off. <laughs> What's what happening? <laughs> ah, ah, ah. I am not under control of my own body. <laughs> Try this recipe for uh, for root beer, and it turned into real beer. I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. That's anyway. Anyways, that's 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 all I wanted to touch on with Lioness was uh, was was that that parallel between that and all the rest of the Arthurian stuff. It's all about romance, romance. romance. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting because you can find a lot of and because the the stories are all over the place. There's no settling on one one possible solution because a lot of people think Avalon might even be in the Mediterranean somewhere you know so it's uh it, there's no one answer but there are a lot of places that like really seem like you might be able to go there and be like I'm in it I'm in I'm in the legend I'm in Camelot and actually I just want to finish up by saying I found a, a house listing <laughs> 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 I, I found a house listing uh, uh, in Carleon, you know, Camelot. Ooh. Uh, and it is a $1.2 million mansion. Okay, five bedrooms, uh, heated pool, private cellar, uh, and King Arthur is buried in the back garden. <laughs> no. According uh... to local, local legend, uh, the famous leader and his knights are allegedly buried under a mound in the garden of the house. Uh, in Carleone. Allegedly. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm. <laughs> so it's a nice house. I'm going to link to it on the I site if you're interested. Uh, put in a bid. Who knows I'm putting how that, in a bid tomorrow. That's going to get snatched up. <laughs> Do they have a pool? Is it heated? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. You're heated not allowed pool, to heated dig pool. a pool because, oh. you know. <laughs> right. Call before you dig. <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah, in Wales, it's call before you dig. It might be King Arthur. You never know. Hey, isn't that where the first Poltergeist movie was filmed? Where? In, wh- where? In, in that house? With the. Never mind. Ancient Braille Ground. Leaving it in. I'm yeah, leaving it in, Nick. <laughs> I'm not editing that shit out because you'll a- never learn. <laughs> you'll never get better. <laughs> Can you actually just I repeat it? it? <laughs> Loop it like four or five Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to get louder and slower. <laughs> I actually personally thought it was hilarious. I thought it was very funny. Yeah. You guys are so nice and nice. <laughs> That's why we have Clarice on. Because she's going to be nice to all of us on this show. <laughs> Even when we don't deserve it. <laughs> well, anyways, that's uh, that's it for me. Cool. 
Um, so that's all you could find. Hey? Oh, that's it. No, I just didn't want to delve into too much more on uh, on all that. There's so much with Arthur, and I want to do a whole episode. You about, didn't even about talk it. about ease. No, I didn't. I didn't. I cut it out. There's too much. There's too much on Arthur. I cut out ease. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I read on ease, but I, I cut it out, and I'm not talking about it. Or there's not enough on Arthur, either or. Oh, there's so much. It's too much. I just want to talk about I just about think everything. he got caught up in all the romance. I well, didn't actually well, do the job of no, like, no, no, checking no, no, out no. the geographic location. <laughs> I found the geographic location. I found the geographic location. Yeah, they might as well have been a footnote on your conversation. Mine has zero romance, so I'm glad at least Mine some, was a there's good some story. romance. Uh, mine's got a little of both. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. So is this a podcast but mythical people or places? Places. places. But... Uh, Arthur but, covers th- several places. But I think people come in come with the places mm-hmm. always. Okay. Okay. So, so here's my theory. Mm-hmm. I think Avalon, yeah, is Iceland. You think so, hey? Oh. That's all that's it. <laughs> I think Let's not talk about it any further. Cuz we're going to go no on to Clarice here. Oh. And Clarice uh also had her choice. Yes, and that's funny because this this uh, um, mm-hmm, I know. <laughs> Shut up. Trust me. This place might the joke be will Iceland. Be repeated. <laughs> might be Iceland <laughs> as well. So, um so yeah, I chose a place called Baltia, mm-hmm. also known as Bas- Basilia. Mm-hmm. Um and this is part of the Norse um Germanic uh Roman um Mythology, I guess, but it's not really mythology. Balti is interesting because it's a—it's very much about uh, economy and trade, <laughs> if anything. Um, Balti is an island in northern Europe that's mentioned in Roman geography in the connection of amber, amber being prehistoric tree resin that's mm-hmm. now sold as jewelry. And of course, back then it was worn and sold as jewelry as well. Um, amber is one of those in- incredible... Um, materials that uh that it's 300 and some of it's 320 million years old you know i've seen jurassic park oh i know and and actually i work in a place uh, in edmonton called the junk cellar on white avenue and we have a lot of amber because our owner is from poland originally so she moved to canada when she was 12 from poland so she has quite a connection to that place and and poland is known for its amber uh, the Baltic Sea, which Baltia is kind of connected to, and um, and we do have pieces of amber that have mosquitoes. Um, probably not actually real prehistoric mosquitoes, because oftentimes if you see uh, a piece of amber that has a bug in it, it's um, been placed into it uh, by <laughs> by somebody. Sorry. Really? <laughs> we're just getting our photos taken, and we're I'm, trying to I'm be. Live, I'm live videoing <laughs> you guys right now. We're trying Clarice, to. Clarice, I expect more of you. You should pretend natural. like this isn't happening. Oh come on! You it's get your happening. photo taken all the time. But this is all this is all part and parcel of uh, <laughs> the new age of communication. So I didn't I didn't know that they oh, really yeah. just put the bug inside. Often, yes. What are they? And then they fill it with resin or something just to kind of yep. cap it off. Yep. Yeah, Ugh. and often most amber that what you a world s- much amber that you see not that that's in our store, but is uh, resin is fake. Oh. But anyway, I, di- I digress. So Baltia um, is a place of, of legend. It, it presumably corresponds to a territory near the Baltic Sea or the North Sea. Uh, so it's maybe the coast of Prussia. 
Perhaps. Or maybe it's Iceland. Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> it might be Iceland, which Iceland's kind of uh, mythic in its own right. It might be the, the island of Gotland, and I'm pronouncing that terribly wrong, but uh, Gotland's in uh, Sweden. So, of course, there's an island off of the, the south coast of Sweden. And I chose Baltia because I'm Swedish by heritage. So, uh, so this is all like northern, like Norse, um, Norse kind of tradition, Germanic. And so the Romans wouldn't have really been able to access Baltia because the Germanic tribes would have been in the way, mm-hmm. kind of. So, <coughs> so the so Baltia, uh, um, Pliny the Elder. Um, who was uh, an explorer and a historian back in the day, he he went to, apparently went to Baltia, and he said that it was a distance of three days' sail from the shores of Scythia, and there is an island of immense size called Baltia, which um, the, the Glutonies... <laughs> Or the Glutones, we're not the quite gluttons. sure. Although it's funny because I kind of wanted to be the Glutones, like it's like a doo-wop group or something called the Glutones, a people of Germany. So they were a Germanic tribe, inhabited the shores, and and it's a territory extending the distance of six thousand stadia, and which is equivalent to eleven hundred kilometers. So that's the distance, of course, between say driving from here to Vancouver. So driving from here to Vancouver, it's... That's a uh, fair distance. It is. It's 1,152 kilometers. I looked it up today. <laughs> That's not just macaroni. on my, my mind. But that um, it's a one-day sail from this territory is the Isle of Abelus, uh, and upon the shores of which amber is thrown up by the waves in spring, it being an excretion of the sea in concrete form. So this was written by uh, Pliny the Elder. And so it's this idea that... The so this Isle of Amber, it's called, or the Isle of Abelus, had amber just being flung through the the air by the earth, you know, by the sea, and that the people of uh, of the isle were using it in ritual. They're using it in trade, and the other interesting thing about Baltia is that it was part of what's called the Amber Road. So the Amber Road was this really. I mean, it's funny because we talk about um, globalization as being this new thing, but indeed globalization occurred in ancient times, not at the same scale. But um, the Amber Road was a place that that was an ancient trade route on the transfer of amber. So similar to the Silk Road or the Spice, uh, the Spice um, trade route or any mm-hmm. of those. And amber was uh, actually around in the 16th century BCE. So it was around during the, you know, um, very ancient times. So Mm -hmm. a thousand years before the silk trade. Um, And in fact, uh, you know, Egyptian gods were seen with amber on their breastplates and things like that. And so amber is this, and amber resin was actually used as as a medicine of, of folklore, um, and and you can buy, you know, many, um, and not to disparage the hippie subculture, mm. but <laughs> sorry, you haven't yet. So you may have just by saying. I think that. I did by just laughing and just <laughs> taking a pause for a drink of wine, but <laughs> but the the hippie subculture certainly loves their amber resin. So amber resin is something that you can buy at like a health food store, or even. 
um, I don't know, at like a gem store or something. And it was really popular back in the day and used for, for, for folklore medicine, but it didn't really do anything. So like <laughs> modern medicine came in and actually, you know, fixed people. But they would use it in, in, um, in what they thought would cure people. And then amber resin is also used in, in perfumery. Um, anyway, with the idea of globalization, the Amber Road really did bring on, uh, it brought modern culture to Sweden. So it brought, mar- uh, well, not just Sweden, but this p- to Scandinavia. So Denmark, which actually is an area where they think that Baltia was, was uh, part of the Jutland Peninsula, which is in Denmark. But, um, but the Amber Road brought on the Nordic Bronze Age. So it brought them out of the Stone Age and into the Bronze Age because um, it brought um, culture from, you know, the Mediterranean all the way up to Scandinavia for the first time. So it it really did encourage some modernization of of the Nordic areas and. Uh, and so that's kind of fascinating. So I think like civilization, it's so funny because we are so xenophobic, but really civilization comes from globalization. It really does come from us sharing cultures and sharing knowledge. And this is a perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so Baltia and the Amber Island doesn't really exist, or if it did, it existed could it have been like mined out, possibly. Like, a place that like they they got it all really, and because it's not like that stuff, like is like well, nature but, makes a new batch every season or something. No, like that, right? but even now you can go to the Baltic shore and and, and amber washes up onto the onto the shore. I mean, amber is not um, in, an endangered kind of no thing. It's it's pretty common to find amber, but. It seemed to be this like mystic kind of place where there were waves of amber like washing up, and their Germanic people were like using it as their only way of um, in this area, their only way of communicating with the world or trading or using it for ritual. And uh, really, it was just probably not like a lagoon off the side. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like the. Pliny the Elder really made it out to be something special, but mm-hmm. really it was just like he probably just saw a bunch of amber on the shore and was like, "Whoa, like that's cool," and then met some <laughs> Germanic people who were using it and was like, "This place is magical." So that's yeah, damn. That's <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell my people about this. The the other thing too is that, and this is this is from a conversation that I had with someone, so I can't. Um, I'm stealing it from him, but but really the Romans were the ones that were writing history at the time. So everything else was coming from their point of view. So the Germanic tradition or their Germanic um, experience was like similar to the indigenous experience in Canada. Indigenous history is coming from the white man's point of view, right? Mm-hmm. So similarly, the Germanic experience or the the Norse experience is coming from the Roman point of view. Not getting, uh, you're not getting the oral tradition. The, no, you're yeah, not. And and first so first-hand account kind of stuff. Yeah. N- not at all. And so um, so anything Germanic, which amber is, I mean, really. Um, all of the amber was coming from so so northern like the, the North Sea where the Romans really didn't have any ability to go 
up there because the Germanic and the Slavic tribes were really blocking their way. And the Germanic tribes were pretty vicious, like they were pretty brutal and they certainly did not allow for the Romans to expand past a certain point. Um, and so they, um, yeah, so who knows about Amber? It was probably like, those places were probably extremely boring, but like folks who were traveling up there were like, whoa, it's really, it's really crazy up here. And in the meantime, they were just like, no, we're just living our life the way that we do in Germania, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, Germaniacs. Whatever. You know. Germaniacs. <laughs> <laughs> we like Max instead of 7-Eleven. We're crazy. You know? Like, <laughs> so the, <laughs> yeah, the Amber is kind of mystic in that it's, it didn't really come from a tradition of, um, during the Roman time of something that was documented. But in the ancient time, certainly the Egyptians and um, Syrians and, you know, th- there mm-hmm. was a lot of amber that was found in those archaeological digs because amber was so precious at the time, right? Uh, and now you can get it at the junk cellar <laughs> on White Avenue in Edmonton, so. Uh, we're open from <laughs> <laughs> 10 o'clock to 6 o'clock yeah. every day. Whatever, uh, Thursdays you know. open to 8. Just come and try on some rings, like whatever, it's cool. <laughs> so that's, that's Baltia. Cool. Yeah. That's pretty neat. I saw. Uh, I don't know what I would through think. your uh, notes there. I noticed you had a page that just said Nordic Bronze Age, but nothing was yeah. highlighted on that page. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean the Nordic. I mean, I, it's yeah. The Nordic Bronze Age was brought. Well, that's interesting. The <clears throat> Nordic Bronze Age is fascinating. It's one of the the ages of obviously the Scandinavian. Um, what is their Bronze Age? Well, their Bronze Age is the general characteristics of it. No, I mean more the, the, the year. Just kidding. Like, when is their actual? Um, well, the, 1700 to 500 that's BC or correct. so? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually read this Wikipedia page. Sean didn't know that either for the audience at home. He's li- he's just reading the Wikipedia page he's holding up. No, you think my eyes are that good? good? Your <laughs> eyes are that good. You have really good eyes. Yeah, no, it's, it is from <clears throat> 1700 to 500 BC, which corresponds almost exactly with the time of the Amber Road. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, I, just, I find that interesting because when you think like, the Vikings, right? Nordic yeah. Vikings. That is an that's a a couple thousand years actually of of history when a it comes long to time. like that's a long long time. Because mm-hmm. if you're looking at Iceland, Iceland was uh, colonized in 873, and that's probably about. And when when did they say they came to Canada? At some point, somewhere around um, then too. It was like about. 900 or 1000 AD actually actually there are artifacts that were found I used to live in Fort St. John in Mm -hmm. in British Columbia and there were um, human artifacts or humanoid artifacts that were found that were like 25,000 years old so I mean we're talking I'm more referring to Vikings specifically oh Vikings Vikings and the Nordic people coming here oh Jeez Louise, so I that, have no idea. That was about one thousand AD, I believe, is yeah, when they came in. It was sure. a few hundred years before so Christopher should, Columbus. I should fill you in Clarice. So they're like that's a that's a huge that's a big time. <clears throat> that they're big but they're gap. active. Yes. One of the things Sean does when he picks an episode <laughs> like this is he reach research we all pick our topic and then he researches all of them. And then when we show oh. up, he knows all this stuff about everything. But I just want to learn and from then, you guys. Yeah, this is not <laughs> true. We learn. I learn this from is also Sean not all true. the time. Because uh, Clarice, did you tell me which one you were picking? Yes. Well, you, no, I, gave, <laughs> yeah. I gave you a group of like five. But I only. But 
I only chose Baltia yeah, because but I, it was I seen... don't put it past you to have researched <laughs> all of them. Okay, here's the thing. Well, I got a pretty good brain then if you think <laughs> yeah. I can do that. I chose Baltia because it was the only one within the Norse or Thule mm-hmm. group that was... Um, that I was interested in. Mm-hmm. There was a there was one that was. Um, I mean, it's Gaelic as well. So there was an island off of uh, off of an Irish um, Irish island that all you could see it was in the mist, and every seven years the mist it it re- reveals the island, but you can never reach it. Oh. So that <laughs> so there was that island as well. That Sorry, sounds, that I apologize cool. for my really terrible. Hmm. But no, there, I was right in it. I could see the island. But there, there was. I mean, I couldn't see the island. Wait. She is an actor. <laughs> so there is that other island. But all it said on the Wikipedia page was every seven years the mist reveals this island and no one can get to it, and that's about it. Oh. And I was like, oh, well, that's that's dull. But this had amber, so I was like, ooh. I I wonder what amber. It, it would be pretty crazy to like be like you know way back when when you haven't you you know literally nothing. You're like. Your life, your life is 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 weird and hard and gray. You're <laughs> ignorant and to the laws of the universe. Yeah. You don't even and, and understand you, that you're ignorant. That's yeah, ignorant. Absolutely, absolutely. And then you wander onto a shore covered in amber, and you're like, "What? <laughs> like what? Like that's insane." But you'd honestly, be, probably you'd be mystified. But honest, but and and I mean, now we be, we go to foreign lands and we're we're amazed and mystified, and we pull out our iPhone and we take photos and then we Instagram it. Whereas. <laughs> Pliny the Elder, or Pliny, sorry, the Elder, he uh, wrote about it, and he he went, "Whoa, there's all this amber that like wash up on the shore, amazing." How do I make that sound better? <laughs> it, the waves just bring right? cascades of amber constantly. But it's people true, are though. practically drowning in amber. There's so much amber. They didn't have they didn't have photographs. They didn't have. Yeah, yeah. He, if he couldn't draw, then he would have had to draw it with words. Right? Like, how do you describe a sunset back then? Like, you know, <laughs> how do you describe a really cute outfit back then? Like, What's also crazy is they didn't have the same. But uh, just that feeling, you know, when you like get up in the morning and you like smell bacon. <laughs> like, how do you? There's no photograph for that. There's no filter. <laughs> Uh yeah yeah I don't know also what happened to all the uh, glutons? Is, oh the glutonies? The glu- it, yeah is it, <laughs> is, is, is it gluten free now? <laughs> gluten free. Oh hello. Um I have no idea. Something tells me you did some pre research <laughs> in order to come up with some jokes for this episode. Oh yeah yeah <laughs> you know me. I I've been sitting all on that gluten free <laughs> joke for <laughs> glutony free. Mr. Stand up comedian over here. Yeah. I actually kind of want to find out a bit more about the gutones or the gutones whatever they're called. But I feel like if it's gutones it's like a character in the Sopranos. Yeah. Or the Gutoni's family. Tony you know? Gutoni. Tony Gutoni. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do it. I don't no, want to. No, no, no. <laughs> no, we're not going to do it. <laughs> I already did Irish. Well, we're Borcellis. <laughs> yeah. No, we're not. <laughs> I mean, we are, but we we're not. <laughs> That's a myth. That, yeah. In a thousand years from now, they'll be like the Borcelli brothers. <laughs> Italian, Italian, Italy's <laughs> finest. <laughs> Sitting uh, in a room drinking beer. Wine. Or wine Red tonight. Wine. Oh, let's let's cheers wow. again. You know what's funny is that the audience now has no idea whether we were telling the truth or lying about the wine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sounds like wine though. Hmm. 
Ooh. That's not how you do it. Oh, that's gross. I no, you're supposed to spin that. it. There's too much in the, my glasses spin. Okay. Do on the, or see swirl. It, swirl on the table like this. Oh, that's how you're supposed see to that? do it. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. Am I doing it? Yeah, you're doing it right. Easy. Whoa. Easy, buddy. Hey, don't. Seriously, I don't. If you waste any wine, I'm going to go crazy. There's a lot of equipment. A lot of equipment. I'm not even worried about that. I'm worried oh. about the wine. Also, my. The book. equipment's mine. They don't care. Oh. Uh, I'm looking at this table. I, I don't see. Hey, one Nick, thing I know we're hard yours. on you, but we care. Nick. Hashtag microphone. I still really love your joke about the. <laughs> Can you remember it? Yeah. Can you remember it? You're being about, too nice now, Clarice. Oh, I still she loved it so much. Love your joke about King Arthur buried under the pool. I still love that joke. And the movie Poltergeist. Thank you, Clarice. You're welcome. Well, now that that's out of the way. I also think I was the one who first made the joke about you can't dig a pool because of King Arthur being buried yeah. there. Well, that was a setup for Nick's brilliant joke. But yeah. anyway, yeah, what, 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 do you, <laughs> what do you what do you got for us? Yeah, well, Sean, tell us more. So I spent so much time researching your all of ours. <laughs> Here's the thing, I didn't research yours at all. I did research his a bit, yeah, because I, I just wanted to make sure that he was keeping on task. <laughs> You're the oldest brother. You gotta. I bit off more than I can chew. Mm-hmm. With, with this one um, basically I narrowed mine down to mythical places in Asia mm-hmm. I noticed that in the <laughs> list you gave me so pretty small window I mean not not a whole lot to go for yeah. how, do you know how many places <laughs> there are in Asia <laughs> did you pick all how many what? places I thought you were just going with Shambhala no oh no, uh, <laughs> I wanted to do. Okay, so the problem is. Okay, just edit. There, there is a there is a type of <laughs> mythical place in Asia that seems to be a theme. You have like a book's worth of Wikipedia pages there. They're not just all Wikipedia. Well, I mean, I mean pages. No, I did check out other sites, guys. Yeah, so did I. I had I read off other sites, three sites. Um, I also and a book. I also printed off some maps so you guys can Ooh. follow along with me. It's fancy. This is great for the listener. Just, Listeners, can you see these? I'm just gonna describe check this the, map. Check There's, these out. I'm gonna hold it up to the microphone. <laughs> just There's check a lot that out. of places. I thought we were supposed to do some multimedia for a website. And yeah, we are. Um, Geographical kind of uh, uh, topography. The, the mountain ranges. Yeah. So the mountain ranges, China. Uh, China has a lot of mythical mountains in their stories. Um, I started I started looking at it because basically, I was like, okay, when we were coming up with Atlantis, I was like, what do we got? We got your El Dorados. We got your <laughs> Thules. We got your you know city of Silver, kind of those kind of places, lots of South American places. And I was like, there's uh, Shambhala, Shangri-La, you know, those kind of places, the paradise places in Asia. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll do Shambhala, but that, I mean, let's just focus on the the mountains. So I did, I did, I did narrow it down to the mountains of Asia. Oh, <clears throat> specifically the ones uh, in the Himalayas. Now here's the thing. There's so many mountains. <laughs> so many. No okay. kidding. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start I'm gonna talk I'm gonna start talking about Shambhala, and then I'm gonna talk about Kunlun, Kunlun. Now the reason I'm gonna these Kunlun. are the two. 
Kunlun, Kunlun, or Kunlun. Not sure which one is the right one. <laughs> uh, I'll read it. Actually, you know what? They have the Japanese or the Chinese characters here. That's easier to pronounce. Kunlun. <laughs> it's Kunlun. Okay. Do you see? Because that. <laughs> yeah. No, I. See. That means uh, range, right there. You see, because it has the the three point crown. Mm-hmm. On the Chinese character? Yeah. Just kidding. I don't know this. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about uh, Shambhala quickly. Uh, first, I'm going to say Shangri-La apparently is not a real place. Like it was never actually even I mean, a classical. It's, it's not, yeah, it's not even a real fake place. It's not even a real <laughs> fake place. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Shangri-La is like, it's like uh, a some, white, some, some white guy wrote about it. Yeah. Um, uh, James Hilton in the the 1933 novel Lost Horizon. So, but he was talking Wait, about what when? he had described about 1933. Interesting. Pre World War Two. Yeah. Pre uh, Nazi uh, occult searching for things kind of timeline. Wasn't Shangri La kind of a uh, like Great Gatsby era thing? Like the Shangri La was like this idea of it being everything being really great and paradise paradise and Mm -hmm. lovely and but it was a very like um elitist uh or or Mm -hmm. you could say that it's a place where you have people who don't age anymore right you go there life is bliss life is wonderful yeah you live you you garden you look at the sun it never has a storm there's always food the animals are happy they practically hang out with you all day going hey five dude and you're like yeah (laughs) high five to you you're great. I'm not going to eat you because I don't have to. Because I don't want anything. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Which uh, it is basically totally a uh, bastardized version of what Shambhala is, which is the original place. So Shambhala is a place uh, that actually takes its roots a lot from both uh, Taoist, uh, Buddhist, and Hindu stories. goes way, way back. Um, because it's actually referring to an area of the mountains that uh, is basically bordered by India, Tibet, hmm. and China, which obviously these weren't necessarily what the countries were at the time, but it's that range. That's the, the little the triangle that it makes. Anyways, I'm going to just go over Shambhala quick. So like I was saying, Hindu, Taoist, Buddhist, center, they all talk about this land uh, of people, a uh, place where there was probably temples and things that. This is just doing? a nervous habit <laughs> that you've never done before. I do it all the time, just not in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all learning a lot about each other. It's this like wine. I'm, I'm having. <laughs> normally we drink beer, and I'm in a weirder mood. Now I'm doing this weird thing with my hand. I don't know. <laughs> just quit looking at it. <laughs> For two reasons: we're drinking wine, and we're talking about myth- mythical places. Yeah. We still recording? Yes. You ready? I haven't not been ready. Fing- you just got. Can you finger? Can you finger yourself? I'll just, under do, it. I'll just do it under here. But you, now you're gonna know I'm doing it. Okay. So Shambhala is a place again. Like it is that paradise that uh, Shangri-La was based on. Uh, it's a place that uh, many explorers after like after like. Uh, mainly the Buddhist writings and the Buddhist uh, teachers were going on their pilgrimages. And uh, a lot of it happened from Chinese Buddhist faith going to India, traveling to India, 
to learn more because at the time uh, China actually was was undergoing a they're very what do you call it where they don't let xenophobic yeah they weren't letting anyone travel outside of their borders it was closed it was a mm-hmm. closed country but this one particular uh, Buddhist monk gets out of China and he's going to India and everyone's supporting him because they're like yeah we don't have all the teachings right because the origins are Buddha is from India so he's like okay I'm going he goes over the mountains uh, and learns from the uh, Buddhists in India all about this place and the story of Shang- uh, Shambhala and uh, and comes back to China and actually was worried that he was going to be in real big trouble and he's one of the, the first written works about Shambhala he's the first person to write it down mm. so what actually happened is the emperor of China at the time was just like, whoa, cool, you're back. What a crazy journey you're on. I want to know all about it. And then literally paid him to write all this stuff down. And it got published and <clears throat> sent out everywhere. So uh, it got picked up in stories about this and a few of the other mountains uh, in the area that I'm going to talk about uh, also come about in this story. And you'll actually know some of these references from possibly some Chinese uh, movies you've seen. Mm. Maybe the story of the Monkey King hmm. or the Journey to the West is another classic oh, tale yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, Journey to the West is, is kind of his story. Hmm. He's, it's him going west through the Himalayas, through the Kunlun Mountains and off to India to learn from the... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to totally say this wrong... Uh, Bodhisattva. See, I said it right the first time. Hmm? I think so. I yeah. think so. Doesn't man? When you look at that word, though, it's uh, it's like there's an H in there and two T's, and you're like two T's. Which one's the hard T? Which one's the soft T? Yeah, I don't know. Or is yeah. it uh, which is T it, do is I have? Is, the it, sound? is it syllable or syllable? You yeah. know, like yeah. who yeah. knows? You ever try? You ever try to text someone uh, p- uh, the term uh, potato potato? <laughs> it doesn't <No>. work. <laughs> <laughs> Tomato, tomato. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, this Bodhisattva teacher comes back. He's got got the books, and he's also finally writing down some of these stories: the journey to the west, the the the, the mythical mountains of the Kunlun Mountains, uh, the mythical mountains of Peng Lai. Uh, what's the other one? I don't know. And Shambhala, right? <laughs> so now this is a this is one of the things he wrote uh, down about Shambhala. Shambhala is an annual electronic music festival <laughs> held during the first week of <laughs> of August. Uh, the Chinese emperor's like, tell me more. <laughs> at the Salmo River Ranch, it's a. 500 acre cattle ranch <laughs> in the oh no this one's in British Columbia <laughs> yeah that's where people oh this is find where I, this is the rave themselves yeah, that's the, the rave. BC rave oh not to be uh, shredded <laughs> what were you saying about the hippies again <laughs> oh not to disparage the hip the yeah. subculture of hippiedom yeah this is their festival <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Uh, cool name, guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> named after for, a really cool thanks thing. Thanks for appropriating that name. That's good. So one of the cool things. So one of the cool things that happens though is there's this legend that gets to Europe. Uh, part of it happens with uh, Hilton's Lost Horizon book when he writes about Shangri-La, because people are like wondering what this story is, and so you have um, you have uh, Nazi era uh, people like uh, Helmer actually went on an expedition to Tibet in order to find some of these things and to find some of these magical places to understand this where this paradise and the idea of utopia come from. Is that kind of Indiana Jones-esque as well? Totally. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's like the 5% that Indiana Jones gets right, is that the Nazis were really... They were really obsessed oh, yeah. with... With were, the occult yeah. and, and these places. So, like, another one that there was, like, they were called the Thule Society, named after... Nordic Island, I think that's the one you're talking yeah. about that gets foggy every seven yep. years, or yeah, and then shows up. Hey, bye. Hey, bye. <laughs> but they were looking at that like they they obsessed with it. Yeah, they actually thought that that was where the Aryans came from. Mm-hmm. Was that island? That was like the the homeland. Of- well, now is this where you get the, t- the? Is this where you get all the stories and like you still get like the people saying they see it, like the 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 accounts of people like finding like tall blonde haired giants wandering through like they're like beautiful giants wandering through the Himalayas like that's like that that whole it's like a big it's like a Bigfoot sight and like that's a whole other one and I feel like that's where that you're getting the tie in with the Aryan race shit well but but the the other piece of it too and it's interesting not to kibosh here no no keep going but the um so the neo-Nazis actually believe and they still believe some that uh, and I only know this because I only know this because I did a paper on neo-Nazism in Alberta because there is a, a great deal of it, yeah. unfortunately, because a lot of the neo-Nazis that were in the United States who were kind of kicked out came to southern Alberta and started the neo-Nazi movement again in the 80s and 90s um, in places like Eckville and three and Two Hill or not Two Hills, but um, it's called the Triangle of Death. And I wish I could remember what the three places were in the southern in southern alberta but anyway there's a big neo-nazi holding they believe that uh bless you they believe (laughs) they believe that um that there is an alien landing pad in antarctica where the aryan race will meet their the people that will take them to a, a a new planet where they can populate that planet. They're actually the Nordic aliens. <laughs> no, that's it's a, we did an um, episode on yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so bizarre. And we didn't get into we, we didn't get into that part of it. It's all no, tying but in it's together. tying in yeah. really well. Hey, now, so, the, so the neo, I mean, the Nazis and the neo Nazis now. I mean, they're they are, and I, I think I can disparage the the Nazis, but they're pretty cuckoo because they are trying so desperately to appropriate any sort of mythology for their own purpose, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah, the fact that they're like, oh no, Shambhala is going to have like something about the pure race, and it's going to be us looking you know? for some kind of proof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. interesting. So I'll, I'll write about this is what what's going on in Europe at the time. So this is also you got to remember this is the time of Crowley, you yeah. know, like a lot of like like occult societies and people really into magic. It's cool, all the elite kids. Yeah, into it. So. Uh, later, esoteric writers further emphasized and elaborated on the concept of a hidden land inhabited by a hidden mystic brotherhood whose members labor for the good of humanity. 
Alice A. Bailey claims Shambhala is an extra-dimensional or spiritual reality on the etheric plane, a spiritual center where the governing deity of Earth, uh, the Sanat Kumara, dwells as the highest avatar of the planetary logos of Earth, and it's said to be expression of the will of God. So that's cool. <laughs> Super yeah. cool. Uh, cool. One of the other one of the other stories uh, that comes out, and that's actually part of the story, is that. Uh, uh, what's going to come from Shambhala is when the earth is ridden with war and fighting and pestilence and we're basically shitting all over ourselves. Uh, there is going to be basically uh, a huge army that comes from Shambhala to cleanse the earth and bring paradise back. Whoa, Whoa yeah. dude. It goes from like ambient room to like... Yeah. So it's like, this place is not... Happy hardcore. So I wonder also if, if that's part of the story, if the Nazis were also just like, hey, weapons. They might have like... This is things, for real. Powerful shit. So Shambhala is ruled over by Maitreya, the future Buddha. The Kalakra Tantra prophecies that when the world declines into war and greed and all is lost, the 25th Kalki king will emerge from Shambhala with a huge army to vanquish dark forces and usher in a worldwide golden age. So it's basically the apocalypse, but from a Buddhist perspective. Yeah, there's a date for it. And what is, what? 2424. Oh, that's not, oh, that's a long ways away. It's not that far. But it wasn't there. Oh, 2424, I was thinking 2024. Yeah, I'm like, whoa, let's party. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, what are we doing? (laughs) More wine. Just think, uh, we have 400 years to get worse than we are now. Oh, well, that actually gives us time. No way. But didn't Nostradamus be like, oh, yeah, definitely the year 2000 and blah, 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 we're going to be. There, there's like a new yeah, one. Yeah, but he was like a pop culture guy. Sorry, what are you guys. doing? I dropped something. <laughs> you okay, I'm concerned for you, Nick. I'm having I'm, troubles. Okay. Yeah. Just don't move. Just clean up all that blood, okay? <laughs> just make sure that's not all over the floor. Just here. get King Arthur out of the pool and just make it okay, please. So Swear it wasn't can you me. put the wet floor sign down, please? <laughs> Thank you. I don't want to slip. God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that sounds fascinating. That is fascinating. Actually, that is super terrifying. Is it? But it's involving. I feel like if we're if if we haven't gotten to Shambhala by that point, (laughs) and we're like, and we're living on Earth, like maybe we deserve it. Yeah. But what if the Nazis get their first? Okay. You know what's funny with the Nazis? They actually went three times. You just wrote my next screenplay. (laughs) So it was Himmler and Rudolf Hess. They went in 1930, and then they went on another expedition in 1934-35, and then in 1938-39. I wonder, like... They were obsessed. What happened on those trips? Was it... Like, here's the other thing. So King Arthur, we're like, ooh, King Arthur, and like he pulled a sword out of the stone, and all this romance, and love potions, and things. Yeah, my segment sucked. I get it. No, no, <laughs> it was fantastic. Just so, the, but the bit about the Nazis, like, imagine being on that trip with them. It was probably so boring. Yeah, <laughs> they're probably just like, well, here we are. No, no weapons. I guess we'll check yeah, they, back again. And like, you think it was like Hitler's like. No, 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 go back. Go back. <laughs> They're like, no, really. There's did, like nothing there. Did, no, you have you you have to go back. Did you look everywhere? Is that your German? Is that your Hitler? <laughs> that was my <laughs> That's your Hitler? Hitler? You've never played Hitler in no. a play, have you? So this episode's going to be ca- called Clarice Does Hitler. It's just, it's just like... <laughs> but it, honestly, it's probably like, it was super dull. They probably just showed up and they're like, well, 
Hitler told us to be here. <laughs> so let's uh, use the old charge card and uh, go to the... <laughs> Go to the Denny's and no, get just some think moves the pe- over my hammy. Like, people yeah. in Tibet are just like, oh, God, they're coming back. Oh. <laughs> the Nazis are coming back. We have to be nice to them. Yeah. They're going to keep this looking is... for those big guns that we have that... Don't exist. We have no idea what a gun is. Yeah. Except when he shot my friend. <laughs> Himmler's a dick. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There's, uh, there's uh, some other expeditions. There is... Uh, so... Inspired by theosophical lore and several visiting Mongol lamas, Gleb Boki, the chief of Bo- chief Bolshevik cryptographer, and one of the bosses of the Soviet secret police. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> He's taking our photos. Yeah, but it makes a beep and it makes a giant click. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, but Mike's phone went off at some point, so I mean, I didn't. My hear phone that. didn't go off. I yeah, but while well, I'm in the middle of telling a fucking story, you're doing that. I actually don't understand. I'm, I'm serious right now. I don't understand. You need to stop. Do you know how much research he did? Do you know how much work? You didn't do this to Clarice in the middle of her he story. He put in? Did you get bored? Nick, I really still love your <laughs> There's joke also okay. There's a mute button on your bloody phone. Oh, and the blood is all still there. And just close <laughs> the wound. Is there a mute button on the camera? I yes. Didn't know that. It's in your settings. Oh. Don't look for it now. Just don't use your phone. <laughs> Anyways, so if you, basically... <laughs> if, you had, if you had followed the Nazis to Shambhala, they would have fired you. Let's just put it... <laughs> I'm, just kidding. I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. By fired, meaning just left you for dead. I love What I love about Clarice is that she keeps dropping truths and saying, then saying, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Okay, go on. I'm, I'm kidding. The Nazis would have been really nice to you. <laughs> go on about Nazis and Shambhala. <laughs> True. What? You're not nearly tall enough. Yeah, no, you don't have it. <laughs> you don't have what it takes to be here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was going to make a joke, but I'm not. Okay, go on. <laughs> okay, so this guy named Gleb Boki, this Russian guy, uh, Bolshevik cryptographer, uh, one of the bosses of the Soviet secret police, went with uh, a writer friend of his, Alexander Barchenko, oh. down to look for this place as well because they wanted to merge the Kalak Chakra Tantra techniques with say, say with communism. <laughs> Kalak Chakra Tantra. Nice. So it's one of the Tantras, yeah. but it's Kalak Chakra. Nice. Kalak tra- Chakra. Like Chakra is one of the root words. Yeah, yeah, got it. You know what Chakra is? Yeah. Kala. Yeah. Kala Chakra. Tantra. Tantra. Nice. They wanted to merge that with communism. Yeah, they wanted to merge these ideals uh, and actually wanted to learn about Tibetan magic in order to actually engineer the perfect communist person. So I feel like, I mean, and this is no surprise, but I feel like things that are uh, Tibetan, particularly in a spiritual realm, particularly Buddhism and Shambhala are like the, like the, basically like it's basically a perfect place for appropriation Mm -hmm. for like cultural and spiritual appropriation where everyone's like i want a piece of that and so (laughs) oh yeah christianity's boring i'm gonna go and like get me some shambhala like and meanwhile the tibetans are like who live there are probably like oh like seriously do we have to put up with another group of europeans (laughs) who 
they like won't even sit. They, they yeah, won't even. Yeah, yeah. They won't even sit down and. Are you mer- even listening to what we're saying? Like, and and do a, a nice sand painting with us on like the floor. Nothing. You just you just want a piece of this real yeah. fast. You're like, oh, give it to me. Some it weapons. It takes time. Or- this all takes time. You have to find enlightenment first, and then you got your weapons. They're imaginary weapons, but they you'll feel stronger in life. Boo. Boo. <laughs> like that's not good enough. Is that a Russian? No, that was nope, German. That was German. That was German. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Shambhala. Whew. We haven't found it yet. There is actually, when it comes to Shangri-La, there is a place in Tibet, a village in Tibet, that renamed their village Shangri-La because of tourists. They wanted uh, they wanted the dollars. Globalism. Yeah, I don't think it's like, man, we loved that book, Lost Horizon. <laughs> In 1933. We're really into it. Um, this is for all Lost Horizon fans. <laughs> so when it comes to the location, they, the way it's described, there's been a few people that say they've seen it. Uh, a few writings have seen they, that said they've been there. Uh, but a lot of the descriptor doesn't actually describe uh, the Himalayas or Tibet, like or China or Tibet, like in that region, because a lot of that region is super arid. And they're talking about like lush, green, like almost like way up in the mountains but uh you know like tropical kind of little land little oasis so where is it uh so what they're thinking yeah is that they might actually be looking at kazakhstan huh so oh. kazakhstan because they describe it as being actually more like some of the, the explorers describe it as being directly north of india which is actually more kazakhstan which actually has like a lot of rolling green fields yeah. and lush vegetation because it's a little more temperate yeah so a little closer to home than the soviets think <laughs> yeah they i think they went the wrong direction yeah, yeah and they then, went a little too far east <laughs> yeah. and the nazis were like ah oh, it's in russia like <laughs> yeah. yeah we're like well not going there <laughs> <laughs> so basically moral of the story of shambhala is if you were here to see the world go to shit more than it is in 2424 <laughs> you may get a chance to see Shambhala in the year 2424 <laughs> <laughs> want Prince to be alive again so we can write a song he, about it he might very he might well be, be in Shambhala, in Shambhala right yeah. now he actually it, the, maybe some of the big ones have actually faked their death in order because they know that they're moving on they've been a part of a secret society for and a long time and they're okay to go to Shambhala the, the Nazis and Russians no are we talking about the music festival or are we <laughs> not, talking about not all the Russians not all the Russians <laughs> just the ones that were like we want to take this and turn it into communism yeah well it's fascinating so the, the people I was talking about though uh, they actually had a lab in Russia that where they were dealing with Tibetan Buddhist spells and magic and trying to combine it with science in order to literally artificially create like some kind of like perfect uh, communist person or soldier or man. Interesting. Like a, someone who would be perfect to live in a communist society. Huh. <laughs> That's the one you chose to put it on? <laughs> I have it for a bunch. I'm going to put it on a bunch. <laughs> So I'm gonna wrap up mine by just talking about Kunlun, Kunlun, quick. Okay. Kunlun uh, is a mountain range that is kind of on the other side of uh, Tibet, the north side of Tibet. The mountain they've named a mountain in a range, but historians don't actually think that's the mountain. They're just like, 
Oh, you know, that's almost like that old story of the Mount Penglai. Let's, you know, let's call it Mount Penglai. And that's why it's called that. So Kunlun Mountains sounds, it could either be anywhere in Tibet, north of Tibet, uh, journey to the west, western China, or they even describe it as being uh, south of the Baoshi Sea in China, which is actually on the east side, which kind of corresponds to like Taiwan right. area. Um, <clears throat> eventually, some of these stories, different emperors coming in, uh, different, like you have Taoism, Shintoism, uh, Japanese uh, flavors coming in on their own mythology. Um, there's kind of a, uh, a dual mountainous pole that has been accepted. So there's the Kunlun Mountains in the west, and there's Mount Penglai in the east, which is uh, somewhere around Taiwan. Uh, they call it Penglai Rock, and it's a series of like four rocks. Also kind of has a similar story to being like only accessible certain times. Mm. Um, and then you have Kunlun, which is made up of uh, the Jade Mountain, Feather Mountain, and Mount Buzu along with the namesake Kunlun Mountain. Kunlun Mountain is like, it's like their Mount Olympus. It's their mountain that apparently like the top reaches the heavens. The very top of it is where God sits. Uh, so his actual kingdom is where heaven starts. Right Below that, there's like tons of mythical creatures, mm-hmm. animals, immortal people that uh, live in various stages down, including deep into the earth. They actually think the mountain Kunlun uh, ca- uh, kind of translates to like cavernous uh, hole or valley of nothingness in a way. Mm-hmm. So they they talk about it as being a mountain full of holes. So lots of caves, lots of secret underground layers, and they think Kunlun Mountain is as deep as it is high. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> Pretty cool place. Coolsies. They do have a mountain range <laughs> named after it, which roughly kind of they've kind of figured out some of these places. There are temples that are there, uh, worshiping certain stories uh, about these areas. But uh, yeah, that's that that's the big one. Kunlun is also, as was pointed out so astutely by uh, <laughs> my brother Nick a moment ago, um, where. Iron Fist <laughs> learns to be Iron Fist. <laughs> oh man! All the, all the, all so, the caves make me want to go there and explore all the caves. Oh yeah, you die. the whole story Probably. sounds Probably full did. of holes. <laughs> ah, wow, wow, wow. Well, because there's some stories that are like it's actually a city below the earth. It's like at the center of the earth. Like uh, what's that Nibiru or whatever is Nibiru is a that's a planet. It's a planet. That's a planet that's supposed to crash into us at some point. Sorry, I was I was. That's another apocalypse. Exciting. I was thinking another thing. They they actually have you guys ever heard of the term Axis Mundi? Yes. Yeah, but I don't know why. Axis Mundi is basically. Uh, you can many religions use it. It comes from actually Hindu texts, though. The term uh, it's basically that that point uh, where heaven meets earth, right? So it's like that, right? Uh, like there's an actual physical physical point. point. Yeah. So they they actually believe that reality or the world itself has a center. <clears throat> hmm. 
Right. So coming from that center uh, is the point where we can meet heaven, right? Right. So Norse mythology of Yggdrasil, the uh, the world tree, that would be considered an Axis Mundi type gotcha. type place, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Mount Olympus, right. classic one, yeah. right? And so Kunlun Mountain would be uh, China's uh, or Buddhism's uh, Axis Mundi. Hmm. Interesting. So would there be like, so would that be like the tunnel of light for, um, not not necessarily to to go with a Christian kind of yeah, analogy? I guess so. Or like, what would be? I don't know. It depends they, what era of Christianity you're talking. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, if you're going Victorian age, then it's a totally different thing. Elizabeth and like you have, you know, a flat plane Earth, and you have all the, all the levels. I don't know if we ever had a center did no we? but i feel like the i feel like the bethlehem <clears throat> jerusalem or would there be a, yeah. a homeland maybe that maybe. would be center yeah maybe but I, yeah i feel like that that's maybe in like a, a in different uh religious traditions like mm-hmm. it, there's more of a physical center uh possibly uh, mm-hmm. for, for those of for the listeners at home who ha- uh, heard our episode uh about Oh, where our, our our last BB about every where everything got erased. That was that's basically what we were talking about. Was all heaven like it was? We had and and talking about Jerusalem was supposed to be the heaven on earth for uh, Judaism and uh, uh, eventually and mm-hmm. like. I'm really bummed that episode is gone. <laughs> oh, yeah, the one where, we, we, it was know, really good. You know the one where we rambled on about eventually going to Comic Con and thanking people for voting us best podcast, and we had no no topic. <laughs> we to weren't talk about? lying when we said we recorded that episode twice. Our mother thought that was a joke. <laughs> yeah, our mother thought we were just like covering up the fact that we were being sloppy and, and lazy. lazy. We weren't. We recorded it twice, and it was great. And and and, and accidents happen, and that's whatever. We may, we, <laughs> we may do that episode still. I think, I think oh, I think we should. I'm just, I, I just, I, I'm not ready to jump into that again. That was a lot of. Well, I think the Borcelli brothers need to have an um, uh, excursion to Shambhala <laughs> to find. The music um, festival? <laughs> yes. I think you need to go to Shambhala, the music Never festival. Never been. Have some friends who go. Yeah. I it's not close friends. <laughs> Fair. It's funny because I don't want to. Well, I'm gonna age myself. Like I'm 30, 39 years old. I'm turning forty in May, and uh, I don't really give a shit about stuff. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, was do it. I didn't do it. <laughs> do it. You got to do, do it. You got to do it. Just... Okay. It's true. I am. I'm an old woman. Uh, just kidding. I'm. I. Uh, that's that's rude. I. I'm older, and I'm proud of being a middle-aged lady. But I. Um. But I do have no time for music festivals anymore. Yeah. No time for them. Nor the social aptitudes. If you're anything <laughs> like me. Yeah. I'm. T- I don't have the energy I just, anymore. I can't keep it up. I'm 27. I don't like being around. Like, if, like <laughs> here's what I want. I want to go to a music festival. I want to live, uh, for that time being, in like a really nice hotel. Have someone pick me up in a car, uh-huh. <laughs> drive me to the music festival, hand me like a cooler full of snacks. And um, all necessary uh, cosmetics, uh, <laughs> like lotions, um, any sort of different scarves or hats that I might need. And then at a set time, um, come back and pick me up. And if I'm not ready to go, wait for me. And then <laughs> yeah. pick me up and take me back to my prescribed uh, beautiful living place with a, a plush bed. 
So basically, I want to be um, like a celebrity. <laughs> yeah. Hey, no, no harm in that. Yeah, I might start going to festivals again when I'm a celebrity. <laughs> when this podcast finally takes off, <laughs> we'll go out. So, uh, so is that is that all of uh, is that everything? Well, you, you know, to cover. <clears throat> you know, I had like a train of thought for like this whole thing. It was already a, like a super complex uh, yeah. thing to talk about. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you've done a good job. It got off off the rails a few times. I was entertained. But it's also really complicated material, you know? It's like, we're talking about, like, some of the most ancient and also most sought after um, spiritual mythological areas in the world. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And also really good stories that come from it that all... And the fact that it actually gets so widespread. Yeah. Like, there's analogies to the very same stories in India, in Tibet, in all the way in Japan. Like they talk about similar like Mount Penglai, uh, they, they refer to it in Japanese mythology and texts and they write about it. Yeah. As as the same kind of place. And yeah. even say what we're talking about is that Mount Penglai place that those Chinese people are talking about. They literally say it like that. Right. Like that's how Like they share yeah. they share that history. So yeah, there's a lot of cool places the Kunlun Mountains, you can dig into this really deep. Um, every one of them kind of has a name. There's a couple that don't. There's there's Feather Mountain and Jade Mountain, which actually also have similar names translated uh, in in Taiwan. So this is where there's also a strange, like, well, why are they all named that in Taiwan? And then also over here. And then there's this combination of stories. That's why they call it like like a... They refer to it as a dual pole, like the mm. east and west versions of the same thing. Right. Like uh, Penglai has the immortals, and it's a hard, large mountain that uh, supposedly helps support the heavens. So it's almost like we're looking at two legs on a table hmm. for heaven kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You see the visual in that? <laughs> I do. It's a I'm two-legged s- table. I'm seeing it. It's not holding up very well. <laughs> Right, really it's well balanced. Like it's stool. <laughs> yeah. it's a there st- might be a third. I don't know. We, we guess we'd look into it deeper, but probably not. Interesting. Antarctica, <laughs> Iceland, Iceland. Yeah. That's a th- that's a f- third and fourth legs. Yeah, <laughs> that's all the legs. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! We found all the legs. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, well that's what I got. Um, this was a really good conversation. And Clarice, thank you so much for coming by. You're welcome. This it was, was fantastic. Awesome. Super funny and engaging and fun and weird and lots of lots of stuff. We learned lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about all of the things more. I think that's a sign of a good episode is when we just don't want to stop talking. So Yeah. Yeah, well actually I have to I think we do have to talk about some of our formatting. Yeah, cause because maybe I, I we, we we should actually before we come up with what we're all independently researching, we should research it first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah I know. And see if we have to do start doing this double researching and, and figure it all out. Okay, your topic is math. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> yeah, you need to tell us about the history of math. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to talk about social studies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a little broad. Science. We're talking about science. Language <laughs> arts. Yeah. L.A. Oh man. Yeah. Um, well, thanks, Clarice. Yeah, you're welcome. Super fun. It was fantastic. Good time. You guys are a lot of fun. You too. You know. Thank you for liking my poltergeist. I love your poltergeist, Joe. 
<laughs> there is an actual range called Kunlun. Uh, a lot of the historical texts say. A lot of the historical texts say. Hey, isn't that where Iron Fist is from? Fuck's sake. <laughs> Stop talking. <laughs> I swear to fucking God. Can you keep all of this in, please? Yeah. No, I put it at the end. Because you guys are doing this on purpose. A <laughs> little bit. Go yeah. on. You better stop now, Nick, or I'll punch you in the balls. The hi- historical. Mike, not so much. The historical. You have glasses on. His, yeah. <laughs>